This episode of the Little Dum Dum Club is brought to you by Sam Simmons and his show, Not a People Person. Uh, Sam is doing his show, Carl, in Melbourne on June 17 and 18. Great. And then he's heading over to Perth on June the 25th. Awesome. He's doing it over there. Oh, he's done it Have again. Have you ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> he, uh, we did a little bit of a, a Facebook giveaway of tickets during mm. the week as well. So that's a good thing if you want to get onto our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, you would have you, you had your big chance to win freebie free tickets. So thanks to everyone who entered that competition and we're, we've sent out the uh, we sent out the prizes already. Sending the stamped self-addressed envelope to oh, Crow's, crow's nest. nest. Yes, locked bag, <laughs> Crow's Nest. Um, yeah, so go check that out. We, we uh, cannot return your videotapes <laughs> if you've sent them in as an entry because you've really got that wrong. Videotape yourself doing your best Sam Simmons impression and send oh. it to us and the yeah. best one will win a ticket. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's all happening. Uh, go check it, that out. He won the Barry Award for Best Show in Melbourne last year and then the Best Show Award in Edinburgh. Yep. So the man is in form. Go check him out if you're in either of those places. Tickets are available now through Ticket Tech. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of selling tickets. Yes. Well, We've just put something on sale this very week yep. since this uh, last episode came out. We sold out our Sydney show super quickly in very, very quick time. So we've we've done it again. Oh. <laughs> well, w- w- what we've done is we uh, we had a show on the Sunday, didn't mm-hmm. we? And we we still a, do. It was a yeah. No, I've got the money. Let's we go. Can- we haven't cancelled it. <laughs> yeah. It was a, so it's a dum dum a palooza, which means a three hour show on the Sunday. What's the date? Sunday. Sunday, July ten. July ten. Um, so we put on an extra show, but it's just the podcast. So on Thursday, July the seventh, at the same location. Yes, Chippendale Hotel. So many of you bought tickets so quickly to that other one. We thought it would be stupid because the gig is still quite a while away to not uh, to not meet demand. Yeah. So we've sold plenty of tickets already. If you were on Facebook or Twitter, you would have found that out very quickly and uh, already nabbed the tickets. So there's here's the official podcast announcement. Um, man, that's going to be quite a week up there. We're going to go up and uh, uh, do a bunch of podcasts and, uh, and have a bunch of fun. Yeah, so yeah. please come and hang out. The venue is great, apparently. I haven't been there yet, but I hear good things. I've read the, all the stuff about the cheeseburgers yeah. and, and burgers and cheeseburgers stuff Cheeseburgers look pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out. Um, don't miss out because we, 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 we only narrowly managed to get this second show yeah. in there at the same venue. So Well, yeah. we were, we were narrowly, yeah, like you said, very narrowly because we were actually thinking about doing that three-hour show on the Sunday and then putting another show on, on top of that. Yeah. So we would have done four hours. It would have been no good. That would have been. we didn't have to do it that way. That would have been an incorrect move because I would have been, yeah, imagine what we're going to be like. I would have not had time to eat dinner. I would have Mm. been drinking quite a bit. It would have been not a good thing. We couldn't, it would have been unbroadcastable. Those two things are still going to happen. You're still going to not eat and still drink too much. Yes. But just for one hour less. Yes. Um, Also in Melbourne, June the 25th, the big 300th episode of the Little Dum Dum Club is fast approaching. Tickets are still selling at a rapid rate. If you've missed the announcement in last week's episode, we've moved venues to to the Croxton Park Hotel. Oh, it's been popular on social media. People are loving it. <laughs> people are loving not having to go are to they? the CBD. What's C- the nicest thing people have said about it to you? Uh, some people have been won over. Look, we were in the CBD. We've moved out a couple of suburbs. <laughs> it is very achievable by a tram or train. Some of you fucking idiots have taken you- those transport <laughs> forms before, so get on, on Tuesday it. Tuesday night, you messaged me to say, okay, that's it. I've put up the official announcement on Facebook that we're doing it. 15 minutes later, you've written back and gone, geez, our fans are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a lot of com- – there's some complaints. Hey, you know what? 
It's it, we won't do this all the time. It's a massive show. We sold out so quickly that we want to move to a massive venue. This is going to be the biggest party we've ever done. It's going to be so big. Uh, also, we've got Canberra, July thirtieth. That is selling really well. That's yep. going crazy. Like yep. we for something that we've held out on for a long time, and we weren't sure if uh, there was a demand. Should we say this? I I think we're we're way out from it. Mm. I think we've sold more than Adelaide already. Uh, then we would have this far out. Going over to Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, sure. oh, no, I think from final, nearly final results, we're, it's definitely going to beat Adelaide long term. Yeah, 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 okay, sure, sure. So, so you know, just a, just a heads up if we ever do. I mean, we've, we've announced our retirement from Adelaide. Yeah, but so, we came back, we, we went back on that almost immediately. Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah. Did we, we go? Like, the the one we did at the end of last year, that was the farewell. Oh, was it? And then the fringe one was the, was our triumphant return. Oh, was it? I but forgot. we still they still fucked us. Yeah. Like, we complained about it with the with the first one at the end of last year. Yeah. And then they still did the same goddamn thing to us in February of this year. Okay, then I've retired us again. You retired us yeah. again. That last I, gig we did, that was the retirement gig. I think we well, there's a lot of the socials <laughs> are lighting up. <laughs> and, yeah, we will get to Perth as yeah. well. A lot of people from Adelaide complaining, going, oh, want to go again but i'm not going to buy my ticket until one minute in <laughs> uh perth as well you're you're handing us we're, we're going to work on it that'll be coming in the back half of the year yeah uh, but we're just uh, yeah trying to get these up and running for now but exciting exciting that we've you know we've we're going to a new place canberra exciting we did ballarat you know yep. this is awesome new frontiers yeah yeah so and, and melbourne so exciting once again melbourne so excited that we're doing this big gig this is the biggest show we've ever done by far. Yeah. By it's, far already. And it's going to be, I think we said this last week, it's going to be a big long show where we're going to do a bit of stand-up at the start of it. Uh, and some of our guests are going to do stand-up as well. Then there'll be a little break. Then we'll do the podcast and then we'll all be hanging around afterwards. So it's going to be It's going to be a big full night. It's yeah. going to be a celebration of new media. Yeah. It's going to be a party. It's going to be, it's literally, I, it's, on, it's on course to being twice as big as anything we've ever seen, we've let's ever done. Let's set fire to a piece of old media during it just to yeah. really drive Let, home. Let's kill ourselves several times throughout let's the night. Let's burn a newspaper, let's <laughs> smash our heads through a TV and let's stick a portable radio up our asses. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, we, we've got to give them something. We've got nothing else lined up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go uh, – also the Patreon. Thank you to people who continue to subscribe to that and new people who are jumping on board. You get bonus episodes. You get a newsletter if you subscribe enough each month. We've also got the hoodies, the I'm Aware of the Little Dum Dum Club hoodies that are racing out there. People yeah. loving them. In the winter, it's a, it's a very a lovely choice. Get the I'm aware a little dumb mum hoodie. The the t shirts are still there, still selling fine. We've got like a handful of the the got him one eight hundred got Tim t shirt. So there's literally a handful left if you want to do that. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys think for this three hundred? Because we're gonna have so many of you in the room and uh, and your thirst for new merch. We uh, we're looking at we're looking key at party. maybe we uh, what key party a key a party. Key party. I don't think let's that's much. Let's all put our car keys in the bowl. Okay. All right. Oh, right, let's fuck. If, you, if you're going to come. Yes, good. You're going to be DTF if you come into our 300th episode. That's a, well, you'll be checked at the door for ID and your DTF. After we were talking about it on the podcast the other day, someone suggested turning the 300th into a big phone party, which I do, oh. like, I do like for a seated event. So the audience is <laughs> in seats submerged in a layer of foam, basically up to their noses. So it's kind of really uncomfortable and people can't quite breathe. Yeah. Great. You know when you're sitting on a wooden chair in the bath? Well, we're going to replicate yeah. that. And because the stage is raised so high, so we're above it. Yeah. We're not affected at all. <laughs> we're just looking out over this smog. Yeah. I think we should look into the logistics of this. <laughs> just so our show doesn't change in any way, but just the comfort of the listeners. Man. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's yeah, great you idea. were saying new merch. 
Yeah, new merch. What do you think? We're, we're, we're tossing up. We've, we've got a few designs in mind. We're just working on a maybe a new T-shirt. You guys seem to love T-shirts. We're thinking about maybe getting a little cap. What mm. do you guys think of that? Let us know if you want to, uh, if that's what you're holding out on. If you're thinking, no, I don't want a hoodie. I don't want a T-shirt. I want, I want to put your guy's name on my head. So Yeah. I looked into the possibility of getting rad dad bum bags made up. Yeah. But too niche, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we're going to have about two sales for that. Yeah. Oh, it would nice make idea. me so happy, though. It's such a good idea. It's a nice idea. Uh, all right, guys. All that stuff, tickets, uh, hoodies, Patreon, all the links to everything Little Dum Dum Club related, littledumdumclub.com. Hey, while you're there, why not do this? A lot of people talk to us and go, oh, if only we could listen to your old episodes. They're there. Mm. Go to our site. Like, people people are looking for our uh, old episodes on uh, iTunes and not all the oldest old ones come up there. Yeah. But they do on our website. Yeah. So go to littledumdumclub.com. Check out our uh, old, old episodes. We've got heaps of, like, old school ones with, with big names. You know, we've got a bunch of Sean McAuliffe ones. We had the, a great Mark Maron one back ages ago. We had mm-hmm. Paul F. Tompkins a couple of times. Uh, stuff like that. So yeah. go back into the yeah. archives. Go check it all out. All right, guys, and uh, enjoy this episode with Lockie Hume and Ed Cavalli. Oh, this is a really good one. Get into it. Yeah. Hey, mates, welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselow. Sitting next to me, the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Um, bit of a first for the podcast today, yep. I've got to tell you. Uh, we've got two guests in today. Yep. Um, I got a little bit nervous before they turned up, so I've had a bit of a clean-up in the old living room. Have you? Yeah, I have, actually. There were... Dozens upon dozens of leaves just on the floor. Really? Yeah, if you think this is bad. Are you a it, squatter? <laughs> it was worse before I bought out the old vacuum. There's only leaves in a house if you don't belong to the house. <laughs> I know, and I couldn't have our guests thinking that of me. Did you sleep with the front door open overnight? Yes. Because that's how that happens. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I did something even worse. I did something that sounds as bad. Even worse than vacuuming a living room? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a bit peckish on the way here. I did a first. Um, I bought a... Toasted cheese sandwich at McDonald's. Oh, I'm going to put it out there as a uh, not as an ad, as an anti ad. No one ever do that. That's, <laughs> that's as bad as an idea as it sounds out loud in actuality. How can you get it so wrong? What have they done? Oh, well, they've taken 80, 80 years to bloody get a burger right. They're still sort of struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they need another eighty on the toasted sandwich. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they fucked it. They fucked it. Well, we've got a guest uh, on the show today who it's his first time in here, and I feel like this little back and forth here has given him a perfect insight into what the podcast is and plenty of Eating chance to leave <laughs> <laughs> to make like what was on your floor and leave. Yeah, we're <laughs> disgusting and we eat shit food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first of all, joining us, you know him from Have You Been Paying Attention and uh, from Breakfast on Triple M. Please welcome back into the Little Dunham Club, Ed Cavill. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, Nice to be here. I've actually been here for a number of hours. I was hiding under a pile of leaves. (laughs) I thought I'd spring forth for the podcast. Lovely to be here. Uh, And I I should say the place does look very, very tidy. I did notice that on my way in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just went into your bathroom. Yeah. And I love that the toilet is behind a curtain because it made it feel (laughs) like a performance. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's it's a terrible bathroom out there. It's bizarre. Anyway, we'll go. You've got got like one of those old Sydney sharehouse bathrooms where Mm. it's like, oh, this. Captain Cook took a piss in here once. Yeah. Like it's so old. Well, let's, we should, let's introduce this Let, guy. Let's introduce because uh, you want to hear yeah, him. Yeah, for the first time on the show, you know him oh from Offspring. God. Very glad he's here. Please welcome into the little dum-dum club, Lockie Hume, everyone. Yeah. Hello. Now, I'm, ju- I'm impressed too. You've put your, your vinyl out to mm-hmm. obviously make sure that 
Ed and I think that you're culturally sophisticated, <laughs> which is good. And um, and on behalf of the McDonald's Corporation, oh. who I've just signed as their new spokesperson. Oh, uh, have you? Shit. New toasted cheese sandwiches coming your way very soon. Yeah. Oh. Now with more toast. Oh. Uh, Lachlan Hume, obviously, yes, uh, Kerry Packer, many wonderful things as well you've done in your career. What was the, Have you done many ads? I've never done a TV career. I knew oh. you were going to say that. You've <clears throat> never, ever. How well, many who, have you been asked to yeah. do? Um, who have you not Back. Lots and lots, and in fact, when I was at my lowest financial point ever, yep. which uh, this is harking back to a conversation you and I were having under the sod pile earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say back um, back in a time where you were living in a house like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and boy, this really takes me back. <laughs> oh, that fucking shit bathroom uh, really <laughs> took me back, guys. In fact, I think this was the house that I was living in at the time. I got offered a Telstra commercial, Ooh, yeah. and it was good money. Back then, it was yeah. like forty grand. Ads used to pay extremely yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so it was a forty k. But I still said no. Really oh, and I was broke, and I just said no. I'm not doing just ads. just so you could still be cool. Well, just like I have a philosophy, I don't go to bed with no whore. That way, I don't wake up with no whore. And that's how I live with myself. <laughs> is you know? is that a philosophy right, that's right. in any way connected to the advertising thing? Thing though, <laughs> or is that yeah, a- directly connected? But I've now because I'm the voice. I do all the voices for Fox Sports and Fox Footy. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. so I do Sounds what's known like as billboards. So, you, so I do do ads. So you do that for free. This program brought to you by <laughs> Morons. Is that just charity to to the to Fox Corps, Is it to no, Rupert no, 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 no. It's it's a good job. It's my first right. real job. I get a lanyard to work and everything. Yeah. Oh. I go do three hours a week of all the voices. That's so, nice. Yeah. What did they want you to do in this Telstra ad? Do you remember? Yeah. It was. It was. You guys will remember this ad. It was. The Blues Brothers versus the Men in Black versus what? some movie <laughs> right, thing. Okay. And so my agent said, "No, no, you did it's a real lot of characters. You did you a know? lot of drugs back then, Lucky. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's that wasn't a and thing." Was, well, who did they want? Which who did they want you to be? Which they wanted you, me to be one of the Blues Brothers, who right. then becomes like the Tommy Lee Jones character from okay. Men in Black. So it had, a, it had a story. It had a plot, and it, it was it, ca- movies and characters and right, things like that. Okay. But no. I like your no assumption way. that that ad was enough of a cultural touchstone that we'll all definitely remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember. remember where we I remember. Were. You guys probably weren't even born when it happened. It's not too. exactly, you know, uh, Mr. Sheen or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, in Ed's career, you know, the carpet court jester or no, the I, GE money genie and all that. I've been used to being both of those. That wasn't me. I have done a, obviously, I've done fast food. I've done a number of fast food yeah. commercials. Well, you, you essayed the role of Gus in the KFC. Thank you. In the KFC Wurzburger commercial. So mm-hmm. I, did a works, I did a KFC commercial. The first job I ever, 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 Ever ever did was a Domino's pizza commercial oh. for Japan. Oh, yeah! What? You told me about this. Yeah, yeah explain in, to the explain to the viewers. You can't find it. You cannot find it. It's not. Sounds you, like a challenge. It's not YouTubeable. Is it's this a, one of these things where Brad Pitt goes over there and does a, a role for a, an ad for toilet paper or something and thinks, "Oh, no one will ever see this." It's exactly like that, except I was an absolute fucking nobody <laughs> who was desperate for the six hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll not only sleep with one of those whores, <laughs> I'll take them to Christmas lunch <laughs> for the, the six hundred dollars. That point, kissing on the mouth, everything. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you bring it. So, kissing on the mouth was that was the joke. The joke was that it was a friends. It was when friends was just finishing, and it was like the the idea was that this was friends. But and which friend were you? I was Chandler, right? Oh, nice. And kid. so they had Joey, and they had two girls playing. Two girls they had one cup, and then they had they were playing the, sort of the main two, the the main two girls. Right. And the here's the gag of the ad, right? The gag was that they're all sitting around, and I uh, no, I was sitting on the couch with the two girls, and Joey walks in with the pizzas, puts them down, and then I look at the pizza. It's so delicious. I get excited, and I turn to kiss one of the girls, but then I'm t- nah, and then I turn around and kiss Joey. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, you've got to remember that there's no there's no way of knowing that this was Friends because they certainly couldn't play the theme music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so it's just. <laughs> It just, it just looks it's like just some weird guy yeah. getting horny yeah. and passionate guy over, yeah. over, over pizza. Domino's pizza. Don't you guys do that when food looks especially delicious? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, I that palmer looks good. I don't care who's sitting next to in the restaurant. They're getting a yeah. they're getting a mouthful getting of tongue the, before you get uh, a mouthful of pizza. A tongue lashing. And so we. I tell you what, no one got anything when I, when I had that toasted cheese sandwich before. <laughs> no, no one got anything. No, the guy behind the counter didn't get a Dutch rudder. Nothing. <laughs> no. So they yeah, and so we did it a hundred times. It was all day. Lock and because and but finally, because <laughs> the, they kept t- like there was a translator, all right. And so what would happen was we do the take or but whatever the, to translate the kiss, no, to translate the the wishes of the Japanese. Oh right, and advertising so you're really in a lost in translation exactly wow. situation. to translate your Chandler line of could I be any more horny yeah, for this exactly. pizza? <laughs> and so eventually, they sort they were, it was taking forever, and there was a sort of slump shoulders moment where finally, uh, 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 and the director came over and said, "Man, they think it's." F- they just want you to like basically attack him <laughs> until we say stop. And I said, all right. And I said to the dude, UK, and he's like, man, I just want to get out of here. Go for <laughs> it. Right? The pizza thing down and I jumped on top of him, kissing him on the mouth, trying to get my hand up his, up his jumper, the whole bit. And, and we've sort of finished and the Japanese crew were beside themselves. They thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. So much so that they all came over and shook my hand. Whoa! <laughs> Sick bastards. So, yeah. so that went to where? In Japan. Yeah. yeah. Are you and sure this was an ad? Were there even cameras there? Yeah. Wow. Now that you're... It's starting to sound like an Ash Williams story. <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, I kept asking, does my ass need to be full of lube? And they just... <laughs> They all just kept nodding. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. No, but I'm boring. Fuck this. You've got Lockie Hume in the room. Yeah. What you want to do is pump this man for... Yeah, but he's turning down ads. You're actually doing yeah, it. No, yeah. that's, well, that's true. But the other thing, you were talking about Marlon Brando before, one of your mm. favourite topics. Yeah. And uh, you you said, said, said to me once that one of the things you like when you take on a character or something, you like to do a physical transformation. You yes. like that, that type, that type of thing. I do. It's like playing dress-ups, I call it. Yeah, and yeah. you were quite famous for your Kerry Packer one. Yeah. Can we talk now about the lengths that you went to? Because remember I saw you at a cafe and you <clears throat> made, I took a photo of you and you said, delete that because you're not even allowed to show people your halfway point. Can you talk about oh, things? Yeah. So this is when you played Kerry Packer in the How's That <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. telly movies on <clears throat> Channel 9. Well, this is what's great about having it on the show, by the way. He just makes up for our incompetence <laughs> no, and no, asks no, the actual <laughs> questions. No, no it's I, great. I welcome it. No, no, no. It's a show within a show. It's Ed's call. Yeah. <laughs> no, just because I've known Locke a long time yeah, and yeah. I know he's got a million good stories because otherwise I'll just fucking bang on. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, with Packer, um, that he's... A lot of people don't know this. There was a Kerry Packer before that with Rob Carlton. Yeah, yeah, just done yeah, yeah. That was offered to me. Right. And I was doing a movie with Ed. Yes. Any questions for Ben at the time? And we, we share the same agent, Lisa Mann, and Lisa rang me. We'd done our first read-through at the Hakuna Hotel. Right. Okay. And I went out to go have a ciggy and a coffee, and Rob Six came out, and the phone rang. It was Lisa, and she said, look, they want you to play Kerry Packer in this thing. And I said, well, when? And they said, look, we've got the dates, and we can make it work at the same time that you're doing any questions for Ben. And I said, do you know what Kerry Packer fucking looks like? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have any idea what's involved yeah, 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 to look yeah. like that guy? And I was in reasonably good shape at the time and I was yes. playing this character of Sam who's quite a sort of glamorous rich dude. Yeah. And I said, forget it, I can't do it. You have to gain weight. There's, there's prosthetics involved in this character. I mean, it's a whole big 
palaver to do yeah. in. Prior to all of this, <laughs> years before I was living in LA and a buddy of mine, Matt George, who's a director and he's a big producer in Hollywood, Matt gave me this book, Who Killed Channel 9? And he said, oh, you've got to fucking read this. You should play Packer one day. And I read. Now, do you take that as a compliment or an Yeah, no, I took it as a great compliment. You read the book and you go, my God, he's such a fascinating guy. Yeah. And I drew, I always draw what the character's going to look like. And so I drew Kerry Packer and I made notes on how, what changes I would have to do to look like him. And I kept it. So when they rang about the first time about playing Packer, I had that ready to go, but I couldn't do the role. Cut to. A year later, and I get home, and John Edwards, the same producer, ring, and he said, "Okay, we're going. We're going to do another Kerry Packer. This time, I know you're available to do it because I've checked your schedule well in advance." Right. And I said, "Okay." And I got the thing out of the filing cabinet from years ago in LA, and I said, "I need this, 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 and this." And one of the things I needed was plastic surgery to do it. (laughs) Now, this has never come out before. We don't even talk about this on the DVD commentary. (laughs) Wow. All right. So, obviously, I had to shave the head. I had to bulk up, and I bulked up by eating what Kerry ate, which was, fuck it, a lot of McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. that for tying it all in to the opening of the show, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen? Like hey, maybe Man. we can play Kerry Packer next time around. <laughs> um, so, a lot of quarter pounders with cheese, a lot of Fanta, or freshly oh, squeezed orange Fanta. juice is what Kerry used uh, to call it. Oh. That's all he drank, because he was, didn't drink alcohol. He was an actual fan of Fanta. He was a f- Fanta fanatic. Wow. Yeah, he used to travel with it. He had cases of it. Travel, really? Travel with yeah. Great. He's a madman. I, I don't give a, a fuck madman. what you say from now on. That is the piece that I'm taking out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. that is, More than the plastic surgery bit. <laughs> yeah. So, but one okay, of the things yeah. that Kerry physically had was really big, like trap pout lips. Yep. He's not an attractive chap. Yeah. No. He's a fascinating man, but he's fucking ugly. Yeah. And um, so I said, look, I, I'm going to have to have the lips done. And you can't glue them on you've got to go get it done but i said conversely i want whatever they put in i want to be able to have it taken out like within 48 hours of shooting so <laughs> now the women who get these trap pout things and they don't want them taken out no. so there's only like one guy in the country who knows how to remove the shit temporary it's called restylane yeah, rest- and it, and and you can only remove it by inge- it takes like it's like 400 injections in your lips so i go along to get it done and this guy is the only guy who injects the stuff that gets it out at the end. But anyway, when I was having the lips done, and I hate fucking needles, but I was so well, How psyched. do you feel about 400 needles? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In your face. Right? And I'm, but I'm psyched. I'm going, when I walk out of here, I'm going to look like Kerry. Because I had the head shaved that morning, so I was bald on top. That and does I was sound putting, awesome. Putting on the weight and the whole bit, and I'm going to look like Kerry. And he literally had like every known photo of Kerry Packer around the surgery. It's the first time someone's gone into plastic surgery and said, give me the Kerry Packer. <laughs> give me the Kerry Packer. <laughs> no, so, Kerry Packer. No. Imagine so that, someone walking into that room not knowing that a movie was in production. Yeah, just no, he's photos just... Of what him the fuck flip, do they yeah. do here? This is weird. Yeah, yeah, someone, someone, comes yeah. in and, someone comes in and goes, I want to look rich. Okay, I've got yeah, the look yeah, for you. Come, yeah. in, come into this room. We've, we've prepared it earlier for you. Yeah, so you're getting the needles. <laughs> get, get all, got all that done. And that was the f- and a lot of wardrobe trickery in it too because Kerry had a very thick neck, so the shirts... Tight were, shirts around well, the Well, no, no, the shirts are actually designed by a guy called Michael Chisholm, mm. they're all tailor-made, so that if you go and look at it, you'll see that the shirt line comes right up <laughs> underneath the jaw, and it was actually done with very thick material. Ah, uh, so you get uh, the so, overhang. Yeah, so it looks like that. Oh, right, right. And also it makes it look like my neck is a lot thicker than it really is. So there's a lot of trickery. I like that all these it. people, there's a lot of people employed on this film who have these very specific skill sets yeah. that you have to imagine are never being called up on. Yeah. Like this guy yeah. who can put this stuff in and then get it out, well, which but no this one is, wants. This is what any professional crew member, any tech 
they wait for these moments. Yeah. Where somebody says, we've got really specific plans now. And, and you, it lifts people. Because Michael yeah. Chisholm, who's one of the best costume designers in Australia, I've been working with Michael for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're getting to, we're not just buying a suit off the rack. Yeah. Now yeah. we're designing the whole yeah. costume yeah. to fool the audience. <laughs> and yeah. the, It's all sleight of hand. It's all trickery. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, cut a long story short. Now we wrap we up have the it. fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. No, yeah. You guys are fucking interrupting me, you fucking <laughs> assholes. No, I'm loving it. Um, now I had to get the fucking shit out yeah, of my yeah, mouth, yeah. right? Out of my lips. <laughs> and yeah, it's a like they it's a synthetic version of literal elbow grease. Oh, right? The stuff and that they have to inject it and inject it and inject it and it dissolves oh. the rest of them through your yeah, What f- is elbow grease to start with? I don't no, fuck. No, no, what am I, a doctor? Sorry, you've only had it injected into your yeah, face. Yeah, what did you know about it? Yeah, I, didn't, I thought not to it, ask that question. How long did it take to go back to normal? Uh, it went back pretty much. It took about a week before Whoa. it all dissolved. And did out. it feel? How did it but feel? But it was so to... painful. Really? The first, this is what I'm saying to you. When I was getting it, the shit put in to look like Packer, it didn't bother me because I'm like, fuck, I'm really, I'm, yeah. I'm doing Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. I'm getting a black <laughs> actor. <to me. laughs> I would have gone. I would have gone with Raging Bull. But anyway, you know, whatever. Which is why we kept it so quiet because yeah. I didn't want anybody to say I'd done a black act to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah we yeah, didn't yeah. want. That's why we kept it so quiet. That's great. The guy doing it just gets carried away and actually blacks. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I got carried away. Um, <laughs> but getting it out was because I was only doing it for me. Yeah. And so I kept. Th- what was I thinking? I'm going to look really good after this. I'm still fat. I'm still bald. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm just going to look like a fat bald guy. I'm not going to look like Terry Packer. You know what yeah, I mean? I saw, yeah, yeah. And so I was gripping the oh. side of that. Like I'm lying down on the fucking gurney. Grip, I nearly snapped it off. The pain was excruciating, but Jesus. well worth it. Well okay. Worth now, now if I can jump forward a little bit, yes, because mate. then. BPS, right? A little film yes. that, that uh, you and I are both in, uh, Tommy and uh, and Border Mr. Protection Squad. Yeah, Border Pro- let's call it for what it is. Oh, Border don't, Protection don't Squad. Don't cover it up. No, it's on iTunes now. You can go get a hold of it. Actually, uh, I'll, I'll do that later. So, but um, eh, when I said, "Lock, would you come and do me a favor?" I know you get a lot of paid, big time work that you win awards for. But I've got another one of my harebrained schemes. Would you like to come? <laughs> I on never board? hesitate though when you ask I know, me. That, I, do I, I always I'm just go, "Yep." What are we doing? I'm so happy. Yeah. And then. I gave him because you were playing a Bosnian kickboxer. Yeah, and no, so, but I call a him a Bosnian, <laughs> Bosnian dojo kick, kickboxer. There's a lot master. of knee juice that we need to inject into your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. So then, but do you remember when you rang me to say that you'd worked out the look? Yeah. And what was the one piece of prosthetics that? Looked- I well, I said because he's so dumb. This is a guy who loves what he does, but he keeps getting smashed in the face. <laughs> so this is a guy who would have false teeth. Yeah. Now, <laughs> right? so then you stop and you go, I'm me, I can't afford Lockie to go and get these expensive false teeth. And what did you tell me? I said, well, I said, I've got them yeah. already. Now, why did you have well, them? I had, well, I don't really don't want to get into the whys of that. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, because that gets me in a lot of shit. Not, not now, it doesn't look. It does. Weird. No, it does. Oh, You'd be very surprised. Man. Can we say it was in what genre it, it, was it was? in relation to the superhero genre a film yes okay and anyway these teeth had been made for me for a screen test so this was something this was a superhero you were up for playing that didn't work out that that didn't work out but uh, anyway it was Hollywood shit and we don't want to tickle the testicles of that beast Wonder Woman anyway go on suffice to say um But I had the teeth. Yeah. And so, but I'd never really used them except for that one day yeah. years before. So I went out down to the chemist and I bought some polydent, right? <laughs> and 
fix the teeth in. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, and also the jacket that I wore, which is that sort of Nehru jacket, you know, that martial arts type jacket, which had been gifted to me by a guy in LA years before, a guy called Juan Ramirez, who's an actor. Imagine giving it to me. He'd literally taken, I had commented on his jacket at a dinner party (laughs) and he was one of those guys, oh, you'll take it. And he gave it to me. He had a jacket from that same screen test. You can't reveal what superhero (laughs) character it was, but it had big question marks all over it. It was something (laughs) akin to that. Anyway, and that was the look for the character. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks, I look completely ridiculous. BYO false teeth. Yeah, What a legend. Hang on, what superhero has false teeth? Now I'm trying, I I want to. Well, no, this is the thing. It was Lockie's take on it. Yeah. And it was a very. It was. I wish we could talk about because God, that was a good story. But yeah. So anyway, well, go. that's that's like the reverse of the great Greg Fleet story when he got cast in Underbelly, and he is this public domain. Yeah. Where he like went and what was the thing he like made them pay for like him to get all his teeth fixed for the role. Yeah, oh, that's is that true. Smart. It didn't work. I don't know. Have you seen Fleet's mouth? I, I it think, looks like a broken down amusement park. Well, <laughs> we have a segment on the show every week. Have you seen Fleet's mouth? So, uh, let's get our first contestant. Well, in. to be honest, I think the money they would have given him probably wouldn't have gone to his uh, teeth. Uh, probably would have gone to a substance that knocked yes, the movie. Your Honour, we hadn't considered that here at the prosecution table. Yes, yes, yes. yes well, this yes. actually ties into the. I think maybe the, the one time I've met you, Lockie, was at the rap drinks for Border Protection Squad. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Film, yes. Which was uh, at a. It was a, a lunch. On a Friday afternoon, yeah. so a, Tommy, you were in it. That's I was right. in it. I had a yeah. small role where I was, was playing Ash Williams's girlfriend. Yes, yeah. <laughs> copy that. And, Let's uh, just move on. We were at the rap uh, party. It was like everyone, like kind of everyone who'd worked on the film, like yeah. sitting on a, on a big long big table. table. Yeah, and then just off to the side, a, a smaller satellite table, f- just for two. Yeah. Lockie Hume and Luke McGregor oh, yeah. sitting there talking about Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, beautiful Luke. Now while while we're in in this. Beautiful shithole full of leaves uh, <laughs> with a sunken toilet. No, it's a nice house. I should say. Um, Lockie Hume, I was just at your at your cave, and mm-hmm. would you you told me a stat about because Bat- Lockie collects Batman memorabilia. You believe you've now said uh, I believe you've got a. We rec- think my my beautiful girlfriend. Well, I've had to put everything in storage because she needed the office back because she's going back to uni. Yeah, selfish. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> educated bitch. Hey, let's 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 and, use her name, Commissioner and, Gordon. And, uh, <laughs> so would, I said, all right, look, we'll take everything out, we'll item, and we'll itemise it so everything's on a spreadsheet. Yeah. So I've got at this stage, and I've got still you were still in my living room. I we've saw. still got piles of boxes of stuff that's yet to be itemised. Yet oh, to really? be itemised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got at least eight hundred and fifty individual Batman and Robin stuff. And you got to remember, wow. I've been collecting since I was seven years old. Wow! Yeah. So it's, it's good. Years. huge collection, and it's all mint condition. And I asked you, I said, "Well, hang on, Locke. You're at the point now where this is should this should be a display." Like, yeah. So should... I just said, "We're waiting for the neighbours to move out. We're going to rent the apartment. Oh, as and a we're going to turn it into a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll Serious? be my girls' walk-in wardrobe yeah. and my Batman. The Lockie Hume Batman Museum. Yeah. <laughs> it needs it be? needs it's so because we're talking about stuff. I have a Batmobile as big as this coffee table sitting on top of this pile of leaves here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a Batmobile. That's I've got one sixth scale stuff. Yeah. Maybe can you hire this house out for the Batcave? Well, Maybe. actually. The first yeah. thing I did when I got in here was start looking at the room space. And <laughs> I'll buy you know, this guy out of his own. No, no one's going to miss these losers. We can just <laughs> chop up me and Ed. Just chop up the body bits yeah, so in the uh, backyard and I, just move the Batman stuff in here. I mean, they're squatting anyway. I mean, who, there's no rent to be paid on the joint. With all the leaves, it looks like a cave already. Yeah, so. Exactly. Oh wow. So, so what's what, what's the what are the the big pieces? What are the big pieces the sh- in here? Uh, well, it, 
they very, I mean, in, in, so you're you're pitching to be on uh, postcards. No, I'm pitching that I'm gonna. I've got a guy who works for me, a guy called Will McGowan, who's my toy broker, and he actually does this for your me. toy broker. He he looks after Peter Hellier's son he, Liam, he, who collects vintage Lego, yeah. for example. Yeah, but that's his son, to be fair. Yeah. So. <laughs> he, he collects things for Peter as well, but we can't go in this. It's a family show. Um, yeah, so he's but your guy. He's my guy. I met him at Comic Con a couple yeah. of years ago. And he literally he, he runs a company called I Had That. Mm. Oh, right? that's cool, man. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so toy where the genera how old are you guys? How old are you? Forty. You're forty? Twenty two. Twenty two. <laughs> no. Really? Twenty nine. You're twenty two and fucking IQ. Twenty nine. <laughs> okay, well you're not quite you're what, thirty six yeah. now? Yeah, I'm forty five. We're Gen X, yep. right? And we are the generation that literally invented pop culture as we yeah, know it, yeah, okay? Right. Yeah. Why do you think every movie now is a superhero film? Yeah. yeah. You know well, we've I mean? sort of gone through a time where things weren't collectible. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, but we were the kids that grew up and Star Wars came out and that was the first wave of owning that kind of stuff, owning mm. a piece of the movie yeah. mm. and making it come to life, yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. And so <clears throat> that's what this guy, Will McGowan, is just a great guy. He does. I had that. Mm. So there was, used to be a toy when we were kids called Smash Em Up Derby. Do you yep. remember that? Yeah. Uh, it was like a chrome-coloured VW Beetle and a chrome-coloured uh, Ford pickup truck and you'd wind it back and they'd smash into each other and all the parts would fly oh, off wow. and you'd yeah. rebuild yeah. them and just do it again. Yeah. Right. That's his biggest seller. He oh. travels the world just searching for that. Just for looking people. for people. Smash him up, Debbie. That. Yeah. Wow. For that. And I walked into a, uh, into a comic book shop with him and there was a display cabinet of Smurfs and he just as we were walking past, he said, see that Smurf there with the blue icy pole? Very rare. That's the American version, the one with the white and blue icy pole. It's the Australian, but that's even tougher to get. It's that kind wow. of wow. So he's mastered, he knows the genre now of every it's... toy. And so I don't want to be on postcards, although I do love that show because they always tell you where the best pies in Victoria are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and the, the, no, the, the, the Shane best... Crawford's going to try a new pie coming <laughs> no, up next. To be fair, it's more the best vanilla slice, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love right? that. Um, but I'm going to do a show with Will. I'm going to produce it. I'm going to just call it I Had That or Toy Hunter Collector Man yeah. or something. And we we had lunch a few months ago and I said, come up with a list of episodes. And he came back with me with an idea. He said, well, every app would have to have the holy grail. Of That's any nice. collection, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what is the holy grail of Star Wars toys? Is it or what is the holy grail is of Smurfs? I read somewhere that it's Han Solo with the black vinyl cape and the retractable. Wouldn't be Han Solo in a cape. No, no, no. Um, Vader, Vader in a cape. <laughs> Vader with a in a cape. Yes, lightsaber. that's it. Vader something in a like cape. That. Yeah, yeah, vinyl cape though. Carded. Do you know what carded means? It means still in the box. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know what's even more valuable? If the carded box has the sticker on it for the price, original price. Oh, like Kmart, mm-hmm. three bucks or yeah. from back in the day. Bang! Then you're in business. Well, like, yeah. he's told me all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just say to him, look, one of the things I was after was. Uh, Kenner did a series of super, DC superheroes toys in the early 80s called the Superpowers Collection. I still have my Batmobile, Batman, Robin, Superman and Joker from that in mint condition from when I was a kid. And I said, I want more. Didn't they have like a Hall of Justice playset? He yeah. found it for me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? All and the super said, friends. I've also found the Batmobile boxed, stickered. Oh. And I said, how much? He said, 400 bucks. I said, done. That's a, you just put that away. That's wow. an investment. Because that's going to lose money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. Not that I'm ever going to sell it, but one day I'll be dead. Imagine, imagine what it. you'd have if you took that Telstra job. You could have no, just... No. <laughs> Why do you think I work? Yeah. The reason I work as an actor is the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. But the reason they say yes to everything is to keep feeding my Batman and Robin addiction oh, wow. for toy but, collection. But what's your, what's, your, what's your number one item, though? That, that's oh, what I'm saying. If you were pitching to me, if I, was, if I was the head of postcards, and I'm saying, sure, sounds interesting, what are we going to put on the show? What's the, what's the, the number one ticket item? 
They're all my children. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I've got my Batman and Robin talking alarm clock from when I was seven. That was the first bit. What does right. it say when you wake up? Um, I can't remember because I haven't got batteries in it. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, right. but, um, holy shit, get yeah, the fuck holy up. Holy shit, get the fuck up, Batman. We're fucking late, you <laughs> fucking <laughs> ass. Batman. Um, I've got... One of the things I've been collecting is... How have you toys? managed to track down all this old school memorabilia and merchandise, but you can't find batteries to put in your alarm clock? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not that mentally equipped, obviously. <laughs> I collect a thing called Hot Toys. They're like the toys that when you're a kid, you fantasise that they would make toys these ways. Yeah. They are exact one-six scale photorealistic replicas of the actors who've played... The roles. Right. Oh, so yeah. I have Christopher Reeve as Superman. Yeah. Right. Marlon Brando as Jor El. Yeah. I got right. Christian Bale. I got Michael. I've got a Michael Caine action figure as Alfred <laughs> the Butler. Wow. And that's where What's the one six scale Batmobiles come in. Yeah. Fully work. They light up. They do everything. Wow. And they're fucking. They cost thousands of dollars. So that is like the big high end collectible. Are these? Show. I don't I know if this them. is after your time, but do you ever have the crash test dummies? Like those toys where they'd be like a car. No, 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 I I collect cool shit. (laughs) (laughs) What a long builder. Fuck, when nerds attack. You want to go talk about your little crush dish? I knew that was (laughs) about. When when you said it, that's the last thing. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Oh, check out out Freddie Fisher Price over (laughs) here. Well, as a fan of toys and collectibles, get a look at that. What are these two on top of the shelf here? These are little dum dum club toys that a listener made of us, of me and this man. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They and made they, those? That's great. Yeah. That is awesome. So you've got some real sick fucks who listen <laughs> yeah. to this podcast, Oh, obviously. yeah. And yeah. you'll find out all about them when, yeah. once this comes out. <laughs> I know. Why are they, what other little prezies did they leave on your doorstep? <laughs> Hang on. Why, why is the one for you, Carl, why is its mouth open with a lens poking out in the red light? <laughs> what, what, what function does that serve? <laughs> that's, that's I don't know. They're by I the like place it. to know who's squatting here in this ah, place. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I it, wondered what they were. They're great. They're great. Little bit of a. Uh, uh, I wondered what they were. So the likeness is real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just wondering why one of the one of you guys got a fucking Freddy Krueger jumper. Yeah, yes. Yes. That, and why are you in a suit? Yeah. yeah. Why does my face look like a melted candle? Don't answer that. Clearly, uh, clearly the, 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 they've never actually seen you because it, I can describe what he's wearing now. Mm-hmm. Homeless chic would be. Uh, <laughs> just trying to blend into my surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> it's camouflage. High end squatter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jojo the dog face. Boy. <laughs> oh, God. You've gotten the tone of this show real quick. <laughs> we could go on. And oh, we will. Fuck. Well, in terms of Batman, so here's my little uh, uh, piece of Batman. So uh, let's see if you've got this piece in your yep. collection. Yeah, when the Batman, when the 1989 Michael Keaton film yep. came out, it was mm-hmm. parodied by uh, Australian Mad Magazine. I do have that copy you have that of that issue? magazine. Yes. Do you have that issue? Yes, I do. The one and only appearance... By Carl Chandler writing into the letters department in that oh, issue. Oh, wowee. So there you go. I'm in your Bam. collection. That's great. I'm in there. Well, see, I'm in Mad your Magazine is where it, everything starts. Yes. Mm. I didn't know about Serpico or The Godfather yes. or yes. anything, but yeah. I read all about Spiro Mad Agnew. Magazine. Yep. Spiro Agnew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, remember the four panel, the, 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 the stamps, the Spiro hey, Agnew stamps? I'm close. I'm close to you in terms of if your Batman is my Mad Magazine. Right. I was Well, obsessed. I have all my collection of Mad Magazine from the 1970s and early 80s still boxed away. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. How good is this museum going to be? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's genuinely yeah. – like, I know you were sort of mucking around about it, but in quite seriously, though, let's say that, that Acme or whoever got hold of you and said, you know what? It would let's be fa- do it. It would be fantastic. It's all my pop culture shit. People I even would have love it. The, I thought God, you meant the, the Godfather like the parody of <laughs> – 
Uh, Mad and Godfather 2 parody, yep. which is also Murder on the Orient Express on the same More cover. Drucker. I yep. have both. No, Jack Davis did that one and did both of them, actually. Oh, the More covers? Drucker. Oh, the covers, yes. Right, Not, right. More yep. Drucker did the interiors. Um, and I have them framed above my desk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, those are those two are. Yeah. yeah. yeah the Godfather. Big, big prints or just the No, the, the actual covers. magazines. Just yeah, the magazines. Oh, nice. Well, what about your, what about your famous uh, huge collection of Mad magazines that you've got? Yeah, well, I, I do have a huge collection. I've got four, four fifty. Wow. Uh, and wow. they are all. You What's know, your favourite Mad Magazine issue apart from the one that you wrote or, into? Your name no, well, magazine. see, that's not my favourite because that was actually when I was starting to not become a fan. I started to, to grow. You grow a bit. out of Mad Magazine. You grow out a, a little bit. But it bit. serves yeah. you so well. And oh, into, it's into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So uh, I started to grow out of it and I actually, I'd send in letters for years going, I love your ma- magazine. I love this. I love that. I just started to grow out of it and I sent them a letter just going, oh. This is no good, and this is no good, and this is no good. It was just me starting to grow out of Mad yeah. Magazine, send it in. That's the one they published. Yeah, I'd stop collecting right. it. Someone hits me up to go, do you know you're in Mad Magazine? I'm like, oh, I stopped collecting like three months ago or something. I go in there, open the, open the magazine, and there's my letter with the, with the subtitle, Oz Critic. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. Bang. And they just put the whole thing in. It's just like all of me going, don't like this, don't like this, don't like this, don't like this. That shows how great they are. Was there a little... That is, they say they built it up for that's you. Yeah, that's right. Was there a little Sergio Argonez drawing next to it of a kangaroo just doing a spew with a bit of fish bone in there? Yeah, mm. it should have really been the lighter side of dumb cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's so it was, the impact of Mad is just humongous. Oh. I've got I just bought a book, a big coffee table book called Totally Mad and Inside Mad too. Oh. The new books that have come out, yes. and it's really just people from Spielberg to JJ Abrams to great, comedians. Man. Everybody is talking about the impact this had. I mean, Spielberg's office on at Universal Studios, he has the Jaws. Parody oh, the wow. original artwork, all from oh, wow. Mark Mortrucker's original artwork, which, by the way, it's called Jord. Yeah, and it, I personally think is the funniest Mad Magazine parody of all time. That should every be, panel has a zinger. That wow. should be a quiz. That should be some sort of segment <laughs> on a quiz show, on a comedy quiz show, where you have to guess the Mad Magazine parody name for something. So. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's play Clock, uh, Clockwork Orange. Clock Blurk. <laughs> um, a Clockwork. Wow, you suggested this game and you're real bad at it. No, 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 but it's entertaining. A clock blur. A crocked work lemon. Oh, ah. no. <laughs> the Godfather. Uh, the Godfather. Oh, oh, the Clodfather? No, the Oddfather. Oh. Superman the movie. Oh, they were really bad at this, I thought. Uh, it wasn't it called uh, Super Duper Man? Super Duper Man uh, movie, but yeah. that's because in the original Earl Gaines Mad magazines, back before it became mad as we know it, they did a parody of Super Duper Man. Oh, right. Superman back yes, then. when it was back oh, in so comic books. They kept it. That's oh. cool. It's continuity. Yes. Serpico. Stupico? Serpico. Super cool. Oh, I like mine better. What, what about Wogboy 2? What write they do? <laughs> if you like yours better, why don't you write him a fucking letter, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you write a whole bunch of them yes, and I'd end up printing them after fucking 10 years. <laughs> You're sooking. Yeah, okay. When I was about 12, we went on a family holiday to New York and the episode... Just change pace here, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. This no, is no, about no, Matt. No. This is about okay. Matt. I've yeah. told this before, but uh, the, the episode of The Simpsons where Bart, they go to New York and yeah. Bart goes to the Mad Magazine office yes, had been yes. on like a year or two before. And so we turn up to New York and Dad goes... Let's try it on. Let's give it a crack. Oh. So Dad just whips out the phone book, looks up Mad Magazine yep. and finds the address. 
It's, on just, Bro- it's probably on Broadway or Fifth Avenue. Oh, God, I, c- I couldn't remember. It used no, to be 666 Fifth Avenue. No, Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. Yes, because I went there. I went to New- The first time I went to New York, I rocked up there and was sitting there looking for it. And someone goes, what are you looking for, mate? And I said, Mad Magazine. And they go, <laughs> were you checking the address off like a Clockwork Orange parody <laughs> issue? Because yeah. it hadn't been there since the 70s. Right. I'm like, oh, that's the one I remember. Uh, but it's in, it's in Times Square now. Yeah, yeah. It's so wherever we, DC Comics are. Now, yes. It's yeah. All the so we turn up. We we turn up in the elevator, and there's a receptionist there. And me and Dad walk up, and Dad's like, "G'day, the uh, we come all the way from Australia. The little tacker, just like a little uh, tour of the offices." And she just goes, "What?" And Dad's <laughs> like, "You know, this this must happen all the time. Like people, there must just be a yeah. standard people just want it." And she's like, "This has literally never happened before." <laughs> wow. She's like, "I guess we can go and sh- show you around." And so yeah. she takes us into this boardroom where. They're having a meeting about the cover for the latest issue. Fuck. And we go in. Wow. She's like, knock, knock. And everyone like turns around. And the, the lady's like, yeah, this, this old man and his kid have come all the way from Australia <laughs> to come. to Like, Dad painted it as if that yeah, was the whole reason it. for the yeah, trigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, they, yeah, yeah. They, gave, they were working on like a... So and I, they, I'm presumably being... They were all very nice to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They were working on one of the... It was for a certain anniversary issue. I don't know what year it was or whatever, right. but like where they had... They'd so have... you don't know what year you were in New York? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like I don't know what like yeah, anniversary, anniversary issue it was. was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. The one, where they'd, one of the ones where they'd have a cover that's just like heaps of f- smaller photos of yes. other covers. Yeah. Right. So they were doing like they were putting that together. So they had all the old originals out and they were taking photos and they gave me like they'd scanned the photos already. Jesus. So they gave me the photos. <gasps> How weird that you wow, lived man. Carl's yeah. dream I know. 20 years before you met him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that is so weird. And oh. then they just take me into this storeroom where there's just like piles and piles of like back issues from like the last year. Oh. And they're like, yeah, just take whatever you want. And oh. just like filling up a bag oh. of stuff. Oh. And <laughs> Stop fucking. jerking off, Carl. What are you doing? Put it away, Man, dude. I would have been... So I, I, just had to, oh. I just had to make up for the crash test dummies blunder that I whipped out earlier. You're back, baby. Back. You are back. You trumped us, Blackjack. That is one of the great... Wow. Re- can I say, that is actually one of the great recovery's. Oh. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That is Jesus that is level. Awesome that, yeah. that is an awesome when story. That is awesome story. I paint my dad as like the coolest. Yeah, what a great guy. Dad. And... and in your eyes, in their eyes, the fucking sickest son of a bitch yeah, to end yeah. up well, on a also, transcontinental airway. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it was just me, mum, and dad on this trip. So it paints dad as like a cool father, but Great a guy. pretty shitty husband. Just <laughs> dad just goes anyway. We're just going out to a fucking comic book factory. Yeah, yeah. Just leaves yeah. mum alone in the hotel. And room. back then, <laughs> Times Square was probably pretty dodgy. Yeah, Times Square was shifting. Well, but see, stuff. that's a comparison. That see, your dad looks great in that story. My comparison is. I would have been, I would have loved that so much as a kid. Instead, yeah. my dad was bringing me to Bendigo to, <laughs> to antique shops. Going, you got any comic books out the back or anything? You got anything like that? But that was that was good. That's how I got my old. Well, I'll give you issues. a tip: if you go to a comic book shop or if you go to a toy store, go in and ask for. Do you have any old new stock? That's the password. Oh, oh. Right. old new stock, yeah. and they'll go. Oh yeah, I was in Lake's Entrance shooting a thing at eighteen months ago. I had the day off, and. Went down main drag of Lake's entrance, went into the toy store there on the drag, and they said, do you have any old new stock? Oh, yes, come and have a look. What did you have? Uh, I ended up getting a um, Batman the Animated Series uh, Batboat. Whoa. Why, why do they hide that stuff? They don't. It's old. It's stock. It's old, but it's never been opened, so they just put it in the back room. Oh. Mm, that's they, an amazing remember, tip. People, yeah. people who tip. own toy stores are not necessarily people who understand toys. Right. Okay. 
they get the Toy Fair brochure. They go, this is what's going to be hot this season. Right. They stock, and then they put the old stock, the old uh, new old stock. New the old new back. stock. And that's how serious collectors, like my buddy Will McGann, yeah. that's what he, the first question he asked. So you find all these clues and all these that's code great. words and stuff. But if you want, I mean, it's like, okay, you want Mad Magazines, as we've just found out, Tommy's told us, go to Mad Magazine headquarters <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah. Ask, <laughs> and ask for a tour, and then they'll take you into the stock room and say, yeah. take whatever you want. Yeah, man. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, my, in my head, there's a picture of Lockie dressed in a suit rocking up with Carl with like a little spinny hat and a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> my young lad here, he's only six years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering if you give my lad here a tour of your fan facility. <laughs> but now it's like, if you got clock blurk lemon out the back. Yeah. Yeah. But, now it's, yes. but now it's like, it's a different era. It's like, yeah, I guess we can give you a free download code for the app. Yeah, that's on the true. Yeah. And it's like not, give you a screenshot. Cool yeah. And plus, I'm positive that they now do tours there as well. Yeah, for sure. So maybe you invented the Mad Magazine yeah. tour. The day well, you heard it here first. Because <laughs> wow. that, that's how I built up my Mad Magazine collection as a kid was driving past a garage sale. Yeah. And Dad would go, oh, let's see what's here. And there'd just be boxes. Always. Every garage yeah. sale would have Always. four boxes minimum just full of Mad the Magazine. That's how I built up my porn collection. <laughs> All right. Do you have any old news stock? <laughs> And we don't care how old. <laughs> <laughs> Secondhand bookstore in Ashgrove in Brisbane. That's where I used to get my mad magazines uh-huh. from. And they were up the back, which was always an interesting experience. Because that's where the other magazines were kept. Well, the first, Good I, way to meet people when I, you're nine. I stole... My, I'm a reasonably honest individual. Right. Yes. But I had my Super Duper Man edition. And I'd read it so many times it had become really frayed. Yep. And at the secondhand bookshop near me, had it. they had a new one. Oof. Oh, so I did the old switcheroo. Oh, switcheroo. <laughs> and I feel very bad, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, <laughs> get in. This was confess. a sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, get those cuffs on you. <laughs> well, we Bring the Salvation Army. Yeah. Yeah. We need to come back around to your 450 issue collection that you have that well, you can is. easily have well, access to Well, first of all, where, where is the collection? It is very secure. You're not using it as firewood here, are <laughs> you? It is very secure. It's uh, it's almost like, uh, you know what, it, it'll be, it's very well ma- maintained for a very good reason. Yep. Uh, I, as a, as a child, when I was, I was becoming a real collector of it, I went, you know what, I started to save up my money. Uh, uh, mum and dad's, what are, you, what are you putting this money away for? For, for bigger and better purchases? None sort of your of. fucking business, mum. Uh, so I, I saved up when I was about Jesus. nine years old. It was uncalled for, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tommy, Tommy just answered a phone call. For yeah. um, You're just picturing your own mum back in that hotel yeah, room yeah, while you yeah. did the Where are you boys going? Shut up! <laughs> Get back and work the corner in Times Square, mum. So, oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Whiz. By the way, happy Mother's Day. Do you be there and so when yeah. I was a kid, I was about nine, nine or ten years old. I, I saved up for a filing cabinet. Oh. Because that's what you do when you're in grade four. <laughs> cool guy. You're a serious collector yeah. of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so bought a, a big filing cabinet from Waddle, Waddle Office Supplies. I mm. uh, uh, got in the grey cabinet, put it in my room, filled it up with Mad Magazines, absolutely full. When I got to my uh, later teenage years, I went swimming in a, a swimming hole near my house called Barry's Hole. Uh, the the and uh, if you're listening, <laughs> everybody at Barry's Hole. If you <laughs> if you're listening, Barry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the time. <laughs> anyway, had had the key to my uh, it's cabinet. A cheap shot, but it's had, a good shot. Had the key to the filing cabinet in my pocket. Went swimming. It is now in the bottom of Barry's Hole. Oh. Really, I've determined no one's going to get into yeah, that yeah, collection. Yeah. Aren't you? So I've got a full, absolutely full filing can't cabinet. Can't get in there. Can't get in there. Yep. 
absolutely. Have you thought about calling a locksmith? <laughs> you know, it just thinks you, it makes you think about how many things kids lost in Barry's hole. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <doesn't> it? <laughs> we so the filing cabinet is just still at your parents' yep. house. You go. Let's have it. We got to bring it out for the three hundredth episode that we're doing. Oh open. yeah, live. yeah, cool. Yeah, live. you go and pick up the filing cabinet oh, full of Mad Magazine. Live challenge, live at challenge. At your house, <laughs> uh, you should do it from. You do live. You could do. It. I remember I did a live episode of of another podcast at someone's house, and that was kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, we've been talking about that for a long time because I grew up in Maryborough, so Central Victoria. Yeah. It's about population. Where Matthew Delaver Dover was from. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. We tried to get him on the podcast. Apparently, he wants to forget his roots. So no, he's. Ha- I've spoken to him on the radio before. He's quite hard to get hold of. Yeah. And because you go, well, it's just it's in the. But the NBA is actually quite. Yeah. It's, it's a full time job. The NBA. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did. I, I that counts me out. <laughs> I desperately wanted to get. You'd probably him get in the NBL though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe own a team. How much work's involved in that? <laughs> oh, yeah. South East Melbourne Spectre still taking oh, place. Anyway, so yeah. uh, uh, so we did try and get him on because his mother uh, taught me at school. Oh, that's right. She's a teacher. Yeah, she's a teacher. Yes. Yeah. And along with uh, Stuart Cramery, who plays for the Essendon Bombers. Cramery? Yeah. He's from Maribor. He's from Maribor. His he's, mum he, taught me as well. Cramery used to be with the Dons. He's gone to Footscray. Uh, we should, oh, know, we should know that um, young, uh, young Lachlan is also a big Essendon Bombers fan. Oh. It's Years going well so far, eh? So far, so good. We're one straight kick away from victory. Yeah. Now, what's up? That, well, so am I lucky. So there's a, there's a lot going I'll on between you, us. Uh, we'll be, Bombers will be fantastic next season. Yeah. But, uh, you get, look at some of the young guys who are getting blooded this season. And you Don't think say about all the guys who are re-signing. And you just start doing matchups like Travis Collier with Tip and Woody. You just go, oh my God, he's going to be just one on each flank and we're just going to steam home. Tommy, what do you think about all this? They I just, agree 100%. Yeah. They just, not a football man, Tom? Nah, not, not no, sport. not really. Not sport at all. No. No. no, they just need an injection of quality at the bombers. Comedy with a capital K. <laughs> Tom, if only you were here, you could get yeah, cavalry comedy capers. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. Yeah, what? Whoa, good. Yeah, they do need a bit of a shot. Um, um, yeah, yeah, here we go. Delver, topic. Delver Dover, we tried to uh, we tried to get him on because uh, because of that Maribor, because of the, the hometown Who boy. Who does he play good. for over in the States? Cavs. He plays for LeBron yeah. James. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. But uh, uh, no, we haven't been able to, to get him. No, but we have talked about, we have, in terms of going to see that filing cabinet, we have been talking for a long time about doing a tour of Maribor, which everyone's very excited about. about. We, we costed it because I've talked a lot about Maribor and how fucked it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. So the tourism board are backing my, my yeah. idea there. Well, uh, do they have a tourism board? Uh, they fucking do now, dude. It's you. <laughs> yeah. But what about the – could you get – I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Barry's Hole has a marketing team. Oh, yes. I was going to say, we've got to go, go cap off the day with a nice dip in Barry's well, Hole. Well, we, yeah. I have costed it to get a bus these days. Now, do you remember going on excursions when you were a kid at yes. school? and It would be, be like two bucks, five bucks, yeah. and you're not much. I costed it to bring a whole busload of people from Melbourne to Maryborough mm. via Barry's Hole. It's co- it costs it's go- it's going to cost 50, 60 bucks each person to get the insurance. I don't know if anybody is too excited throwing down that kind of dough to go to Maryborough. Exactly, yeah, right. So exactly. it's not cost effective unless you no. take postcards with you and you get it all thrown in for free. Yes, yes. now that's a good you, idea. Now you're being interesting. That's yeah. a very uh, yes. You just, Whichever footballer's girlfriend's currently hosting it. If yes. you get if you could get her Cramery, does he have a girlfriend? If, if yeah, she's either doing the weather or postcards. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Well, I, I'm, that's a shame because that would be good fun. Yeah. But if we can get if we can get down there, if we can crack this filing cabinet, get all those mad magazines, oh. hawk them, yeah. surely that's gonna that's oh. gonna underwrite the yeah, whole cool. thing. Yeah, cool. If if only you can come in and sell off my childhood, we yeah. can afford this. Great. Thank you, George Lucas, for another rape. <laughs> Wow. 
Jesus. Yes. Bring get your dad. To, get bring back to Rundle Moore and Adelaide, Lucas. <laughs> Dad's like, bring your dad down so you can pick up another big heap of mad magazines. <laughs> if we were on commercial radio, this would be a thing. We'd be trying to find Australia's best locksmith by just yeah. like getting a listener in, seeing who can crack open the Oh, look, don't worry. Meribarra. cabinet. Just get a fucking crowbar. Yeah. What are you? Meribarra <laughs> is full of people that can pick locks. Don't worry about that. Can I say if we were on commercial radio, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> really? No. What, what would we, you do? What would what would what would what, right, what a filing cabinet, a childhood filing cabinet? Yeah. What kind of content would you be? So turning what that you into? do is you try and you would try. You haven't seen it for a while, have you? The no. filing cabinet. No. Right. <laughs> you, what you would try and do is match the cabinet as closely as you possibly could. Yep. Like really as close as you probably could. You probably also say to yeah. And so then what you do is you would have it it in the in the car park mm-hmm. with a locksmith that you'd got and then yep. you'd blow it up. Yeah. And said so you'd wait <laughs> ah, for yes. Carl to collapse yep. on the floor <laughs> yep. in tears. Hook him up to a lie detector. And yep. then you'd bring out the actual filing cabinet. Right. And the locksmith and would unlock it. Unlock it. But then you'd already done it so mm-hmm. that in there it was it, that it would, they were empty, so then he's upset again. Oh, then you come ah. back from the yeah, don't know. Mm. Then you come psychological to, torture continues. This. We need an hour of this. Yep. Then you come back from the news, and now you've got with a baseball bat hit me in the head. No, <laughs> now we're thinking. So then, then you would get the then you would have the other actual real filing cabinet open up. They're all there, but we've already actually gone in there. We've asked your parents what your favorite one is, yep. and we've framed it beautifully. So then you Batman get, letter. See yep. exactly. Then you oh, get yep. yeah the Batman letter. We would have heard yes, it would have been that one with yep. the Batman letter, and then we would have got in touch with Mad Magazine some, from someone we would have spent months working from someone Mad Magazine yep. and then they would have been on the line saying great job oh okay great That's it. I thought, Jesus I think there's still why room don't we just more... go back to plan A get a fucking crowbar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's still room for more fucking with him in there I think it's like you open them up you've replaced all the magazines with cracked yeah. Oh. Oh. The, the, final, the final insult <laughs> And then I'm just like Man I wish they'd just blown it up <laughs> Or even worse Crazy Oh, oh yeah Wow yeah. But then we'd have to make sure That we finish that Because if we didn't have time For a gotcha call At the end of the hour It's all been a waste of time <laughs> Well, yeah, well, the worst thing of all, we're stuck in Meribah. <laughs> you blow well, up the car so you can't come home. Yeah. Now, that would be it. That would be it. Now you're really screwing with people. Yeah. <laughs> you seem pretty set on this filing cabinet being completely untransportable. How big is it? It'd be heavy. How big is it? But it's, really it's, a four, it's a four drawer. Yeah, it's a four stack. I guess because I'm imagining is a it, child. Is it gunmetal grey? Like yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm imagining a child buying it with their allowance. So I'm yeah. picturing it like that no, big no, and no, 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 plastic. No, I had, right. I had it. I'd picture it as the four bunger, the full yep. metal regalia. Because yep. I know that the key to that is in the top left-hand corner, those little silver keys yes, that you need. exactly. Yeah. And that unlocks the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, filing cabinet expert at Capital. <laughs> well, I don't know why I know man that. Of man of many... Yeah, I don't know why I know that, but I did, yes. <laughs> but but I am, look, I am very keen. Look, I did talk about this to Maribor people the other day, uh, to friends of mine, and they were like, you're an idiot for not doing this. And I think we've talked about this before. We do have actually have listeners in Maribor yeah. that would be super keen for They'd us to it. come back and trash their town. We really want to do it. It's just hard. It's just extremely because hard one of the, one, Well, up. the manager of one of the big venues there has, has been hitting me up, and he'll be listening to this, and he hits me up and sort of goes... You've got to come up and do a show. Come up and yeah. do a show. We Look, I've got a place capacity, three, 400. I'm like, we're not getting to get that many in Maribyrnong. You tell them to throw in the bus. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah that's, fleet hey, of buses. Gee, now yeah. you're talking. Yeah. What I'm enjoying is that we've got Lockie Hume here, star, award-winning actor, star of uh, many wonderful productions and films. And what we're trying to do is get a bus to Maribyrnong. <laughs> un- we're really Lockie. making the most of our opportunity <laughs> oh, with him. Oh, oh, right. Sorry, Ed. Lockie, big, big, would you big, like big, to come on the friend. bus? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Good fun. Yeah, oh, look, Maribyrnong's plenty of people that you would want to do a physical transformation and play the role of your life with. There are a lot of. There's a guy well, called. That's, uh, man, don't knock. That's why I still catch 
public transport. Oh, is just look at Lockie doesn't drive. Notes. Actually, mm. Lockie invented Uber. Mm. Oh, Lockie, yeah. Tell them this story. Lockie <laughs> invented Uber without realizing. To when you when I was living in LA, yeah. um, I <laughs> of living off after my the savings. Matrix. You just after, done the Matrix. I've done films. Matrix and I had a. Oh yeah. fuck! Why aren't we talking about the Matrix? <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ! And um, so because I don't drive, it's just because when I was studying as an actor, I just couldn't afford to buy a car. Yeah, you know what I mean. I had to worry about things like eating. Yes, and rent. You've never had a license. Never had. A, I've driven. I drive in the movies and stuff. Yeah. Like so I've you've got, got a license. Ferraris, I've driven everything. So you've got you've got a license in the Matrix, but yeah. not in real life. Yeah. Right. Every time we you know see you I mean? driving on film, that's illegal. You're it's committing totally illegal. No, right. it's often that there, were these, there was one time where you had to drive a Lamborghini and yeah. just out of shot was an L plate because yeah. there was someone slumped down, <laughs> a, a licensed driver slumped down. No, it was Josh was next to me. Oh, Josh, Josh Lawson was Josh, next to Yeah, Josh Lawson yeah. because he was a licensed no, driver. And we didn't have to have the L plate on it because we got special dis- dispensation from that's the insurance right. company hadn't do it, but the Melbourne City Council let me fang out of the Fed, Fed Square car park yeah. into uh, Flinders Street. Oh, yeah. in wow. any I got up to 210k. Yeah, oh. and I got my literally got my L plate the day before. <laughs> anyway, Matrix. Yeah. So Matrix. Yeah, no, no, but anyway, Uber. Yeah. I invented Uber. <laughs> yeah. This is your theory. I invented Uber because yeah. right. all I did was pay. I'd ring up my management in LA, in LA when LA. I had to go to auditions and yeah. everything, and so I'd ring up my management and say, "Who's fr- who's on your books? Who's free today? Because I'll pay him to be my driver." <laughs> Right, and I'll pay By the way, Australian for, minimum for, wage, which is twelve bucks fifty back for, then. For people at home, every time, every time, like he gets a detail right, Eddie's just high fiving himself. <laughs> He's so excited. That's a lovely story. Yeah, and like I was just saying to Ed today, Kobe Smolders, you know Kobe, who went on to do How, How I Met Your Mother, and yep. yeah, yeah right. Kobe used to be one of my regular jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. She's in the Avengers films. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Kobe's That's a fantastic. great. Ad so you invented her as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I invented Kobe Smolders as my personal driver. Uber. Yeah. That would have been a great. Ad back in the day for anyone wanting to sign up with your management company. It's like, look, we can't always guarantee that we're going to get you the big film roles, but we can guarantee twelve bucks fifty slow. an hour for, to drive that slob around it down. <laughs> that's better than waitressing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. My word. That's why I said I'll pay you Australian minimum wage, right. not yeah. American minimum yeah. wage, Lockie- which was back then was like five bucks. Yeah. yeah. So fuck that. Twelve bucks fifty an hour. You take me where I got to go. You wait. And you take me home again. Yeah, yeah. Do a good job. I'll give you my Mad Magazine when they parody Butch Cassidy. In the Sundance Kids. Yeah, which was yeah. called Box Casually in the Sundance Kids. <laughs> we could play this trivia game all night, buddy. <laughs> we could do this forever. We could you play a game on, sucker. <laughs> but if, if anyone wants to see any of Lockie's early work, you, you made a film called Let's Get Skates, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. this has the all-time bad luck piece of timing for any, yeah. anything ever. So how long did it take you to get... If people who don't know, Christopher Skase, in the 80s, there were two moguls of business in Australia. There were these new guys. It was Alan Bond and Christopher Skase. Yeah. It both went tits up in the late 80s, early 90s. And and one, well, Kerry Packer was one of the people that benefited from Alan he Bond's did. mistakes. But did very well out of it. Very well, made 500 million bucks from him. But then uh, Christopher Skase then, he fled to Mallorca in Spain. What Skase did, Skase ran a company called Quintex yes. and uh, basically he was defrauding his shareholders. Yes. He's getting his fingers in a lot of pies. He owned Channel 7, yep. which yep. plays into this story later. Owned the Brisbane where, Bears? Where he, yes, he, which he never yeah. actually did because Ross Oakley, who was the uh, AFL commissioner at the time, who I know, uh, Ross told me that when he handed over that envelope with the cheque at the ceremony, Skates whispered to him, don't open it. And there was no check in there. So this has just come out in Ross Oakley's memoirs oh, as well. That right. Skates never actually owned the Brisbane Bears. Just him an envelope. But where he ran did, into so real Paul trouble, where Skates it, went he? into trouble, he... Rupert Murdoch was making his inroads in the US and Rupert was looking at buying a film studio. It ended up being 20th Century Fox, as yep. we all know, but he was looking at, MG- looking at MGM yeah, right, at the yeah. time. Yep. And Skase 
thought I'll make a bid on MGM too to get Murdoch out of the market. Well, Murdoch had deeper pockets. And that was the beginning of his end. So he ended up owing about a billion dollars to his investors. And what did he do? He fucking took it and ran away. And he went to Mallorca where they don't have any extradition. Yep. Mallorca's a little island off the coast of Spain. Anyway, Andrew Denton, uh, with his Tonight Show, did a telethon to raise money to hire a bounty hunter <laughs> yeah. to yeah, go get Scase right. back. It was called The Chase to Scase. And there was a restaurant, oh, a failed restaurant owner here in Melbourne called Peter D'Alessandro who thought, I'll go and get kidnapped Scase and I'll reap the benefits publicity-wise <laughs> because if I get Scase back here, I'll be able to, as he said to one of the Quintex people who've been defrauded, I will parade Scase around this country like King fucking Kong. <laughs> 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 in captivity and basically make like a sideshow yeah. exhibit and make money that way. I thought you were going to say, if I catch Scase, then they'll want my gnocchi. Yeah, no, exactly. No. Great he publicity for this the This guy, Sandra, had lost all his money on a big Turek road venture. and So that's who I play in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I got to know this guy because he was working as a barista. And so we used to become drinking buddies. We'd go down to the Dogs Bar in St Kilda and he would tell me great stories about his life. And I turned to Matt George, mm. who I'd just done my first film, Four Jacks With, and said, Matt said, what are you doing next? And I said, you're going to come meet this guy. Literally from that meeting, two days later, Matty and I had the outline and 18 months later, we were shooting. And six months after that, the film was getting ready for release. And Skase fucking drops dead. Mm. Yeah, Eight weeks before we're about to be released. Now you've got to remember, the the way we depict Christopher Scase in the film is basically how the media had been depicting him yes. while yeah. he'd been on the run, which is that he's an arch-villain, he's and he, faking his illnesses. He wasn't sick at all. Yeah, yeah. In all reality, that stuff. Yeah. And we everyone really took it to the nth degree. you got to remember, that everyone hated, hated him. him. He was the public enemy number one. Yeah. Yeah. And he dropped dead. Yep. There was talks about building a statue in his honour at Port Douglas oh. and all this kind of shit. So Village Roadshow bankrolled the whole movie. They're like, oh, we don't know what to do with all this, all this bad publicity. And we were like, we've got to release, we've got to keep moving. Yeah, But it... it Amped up all the interest in the movie, obviously. But here's the thing. Here, I'll give you a great story. Craig McLaughlin goes on Bert Newton. Oh, you've got Bert, me already. Bert Newton's, <laughs> what, a du- um, what a double. Bert, Bert Newton's um, breakfast show, show. Morning show on Channel GMA, 10. GMA. And yeah. so Matty George and I are waiting around the corner uh, having lunch, waiting for Craig to finish so we can catch up. Because Craig was yeah, in the probably. movie. Yeah, Craig's obviously in the movie. Yeah. And um, he comes back and he's shell-shocked. And we go, what's wrong? He goes, Bert Newton just basically... Dis- dissed me for like 15 minutes on television, wouldn't even look me in the eye. And we go, what'd you do? And he goes, I don't know. I thought I was friends with him. I don't understand. And suddenly all these people were attacking the film and we realised they all worked for Skase at Channel 7 at one point. So Bert had been fired by Channel 9. Christopher Skase gave him his midday show on Channel 7. So there was that. And it's understandable. You do have those kids. employed me. I do. Even though he was an arsehole, you know. And so... the. These incredible – I've known Darren Hinch since I was a kid. Uh, I went to – his stepson Dylan and I went to school together. and But Darren, of course, had his career yeah, with Hinch. So yeah. he, Darren wrote an, an editorial in the Daily Telegraph attacking me and the movie. Oh. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. My mum rang him and said, Lachlan's not going to be talking to you for a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're all mates now, but uh, – but, I reckon he just had a few dropped, of those ones. Took us forever for the penny that, to drop about this hostility to And that was the systematic. It was that you guys were going one, two, and it was just kept happening to you, didn't it? Every yeah. time you poke your head up to promote the film. Yeah. Whereas three months earlier, he was public enemy number one. And everybody was saying this is going to be the funniest movie of all yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the mm. worst. Suddenly we're one. in bad.
bad taste. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking I mean. Christopher Scott is the king of bad taste. <laughs> That's right. It's like people... look, the film's not perfect. I mean, in fact, the comment, the DVD commentary track that Matt and I do is funnier than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that but is we, not... but we recognise the faults in the film is the screenplay. We we. There's not consistency of tone in You're the script. Right. Right. Some minutes it's quite mawkish and heartfelt, then it's sort of wacky and funny. You've got to have the consistency of tone. That's the thing the working dog guys I've learnt from working yeah. with them. Even now to this, this day, you'd probably go off to do a footy club function with Warwick Kappa. Warwick Kappa would get you because, you know, Skase brought him up exactly. to Brisbane Lions. That's you know, right. Kappa's That's right. after me for more than that. But uh, <laughs> I still owe him some money for making him strip at my place. I got him in a garage and made him do it on grass. Yeah, he, won't, he, he, won't, he, won't, he won't do that. He won't that, strip on when grass. He was, when he was... <laughs> a stripper mm-hmm. and it was 850 bucks on his website it said very clearly I don't strip on grass <laughs> <laughs> and now, yeah did you ever get his porn film did they ever send it to you he never sent it to me so last time I saw Warwick right yep. he, he was he he was you'd have a bit to do with him you're in the same state as I love that guy yeah and we have because we, we all love Warwick Warwick yeah. knows why Warwick's funny you got yeah. you've got to understand that so yeah. he so I, last time I saw him he was uh, I, was, I spoke to him on the radio recently, but the last time I saw From him, Joy of Sets, with yeah, Tone? he was shooting yeah. something for me in Tone where he was playing Judge Kappa. So he was in the gold hot pants <laughs> and a judge. I've said yeah, two yeah, word yeah, pitch. Yeah, let's go, right. judge, <laughs> judge Kappa. Right, and so then. He, he gets into a role a little bit easier than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised the amount of work behind the scenes. <laughs> over. So he goes, he got his phone out, right? And he's like, oh, man. I said, how are you going? Well, he goes, top of the world. I said, excellent. And somewhere he'd heard the phrase 100,000 units. So whenever you ask him how something's gone, oh. I said, how did the porn end up going? Was fantastic. Sold 100,000 units. <laughs> so, what about the book was? The book went even better. 100,000 units. <laughs> Right. I well, got, you know, okay. It's going to be when people ask how many downloads of this podcast. Oh, yeah. we got 100,000 units. It's going to be a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like, oh, that's the life's good. He goes, fantastic. Got a new girlfriend. Want to see her? And I was like, yeah, of course. No worries, was. He opens his phone, <laughs> but he goes to the photos. Now, obviously, he. How many photos? 100,000 units. <laughs> but the last thing he'd done. Was send her a nude. So the first one was Warwick nude, right? So he opens it up. There he is in all his glory. I'm looking at it. He's looking at it. And there's a pregnant pause where we're both deciding what we're going to say. And I look at Was, and he he looks at the phone. Then he looks at me and he goes, "Not bad for 47." Right? And then just keeps going. Yes, Warwick. Yes, a yes from me. I love that guy. And are they still together? (laughs) Uh, Well, last time I spoke to him, whenever you ask him where he is, the the key with Warwick Kappa is always go quickly with details before he goes into the material, right? Right. Because you'll do the material at the end, (laughs) but you want to get details early because you can sort of, like he sort of dazed a bit when he first comes on. Like he's ready to go. He'll get the first one out. Right, yeah. and you'll go. So you go. How are you? Was fantastic. Blonde haired, blue eyed guy flying through the sky. I was, <laughs> I was standing on his head so long. I thought I had to take a mark, otherwise it was going to be a free kick. Right. <laughs> so he'll get that one. He'll get that one out. Bang. Yeah, you let him get out of the out. You, get, you get that one out, and you go. Absolutely was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely was. Where are you right now? And then he'll always say that he's he said the same thing. I think at the Palazzo, Palazzo Versace, just by the pool, relaxing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Last time I spoke to him, it was seven thirty in the morning for breakfast radio. Yeah. Beside the pool, Versace Palazzo, relaxing. Right? <laughs> and he's always getting a massage or something, or enjoying a nice. I'm having a nice white wine. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, sipping on a Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. sipping on Chardonnay. Why am I sounding like somebody from South Park? <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I, I love if you could get well if you ever did some Warwick time on this podcast, oh. he's, a, he's absolutely we'd, we'd love that. I would love that. Yeah. I, I feel I don't like know he, how much material he's got though. Could he do No, well the thing is he runs out and then it gets really good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah, when no. the bottom of the barrel's been scraped, yeah, yeah. that's when Kappa gets yeah. real that's when real Kappa. We yeah, can ask him some out, real Once he's out, then you get the real then it was like years ago he started following us on Twitter and we thought, fuck, here we go. Have I have I told this story before? He doesn't write his Twitter. Have I told this story before? Um uh, now I've said this many times on the show. I am good mates with the boys in the Avalanches. Mm-hmm. I grew up with those guys. Oh. Went to school with those so guys. Left. And here's the premiere yeah. of the new track. Let's yeah, that no, no, we'll no, no, it's. Uh, I think it actually will be out by the time this goes up. It possibly, I've heard it. But yeah. anyway, you know, that's what. Uh, that's why they call me the fifth Avalanche <laughs> the or fifth something. Avalanche. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's why they say you should the dine an Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, in the, I reckon about ten years ago in the age, there used to be a thing on, on, on Saturday morning paper where there was a, a, a sort of a it was a, coming back to what we've been talking about it was a bit of a, a collectible corner oh, right. uh, on the back where they would say right. uh, what's oh, I've got this what do you think this is worth and it would oh, be sporting right, right. memorabilia okay, cool. or whatever yep. it was what this guy had uh, what it was is um, one of the guys in the avalanches mm. had sent in because they collect hundreds and hundreds of records out of oh, uh, right. bargain bins or whatever to make all the samples in their, in their albums right he'd found this Old nursery rhyme sort of album or something like that, right? And at the top, it said, property of Warwick Kappa, age eight. Oh. Caulfield South or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sent it in to go, is this really Warwick Kappa's album? Yeah. And then the reply was, um, and because I know that that's where he actually grew up. Yeah, that's where he's from, yeah. Yeah, that's where he's from. And and the reply was in the paper, um, look, it'd be a nice idea to think it was him, but it's not him. Because he yeah, spelt he just... Warwick wrong. Oh. Which, to be honest, I think confirms that it's him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was going to say, Exhibit A, you're on it. Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A. Do you know how many copies of that album he had? No. 100,000 units. <laughs> <laughs> see, you got to make, see, look, Lock, you've, you know, I don't know when Lock will be back on this podcast, so you've got to make Never. sure you get maximum, <laughs> you got to make sure you get maximum Hume. Ed, what, what else you got in the great Lockie Hume songbook for us? <laughs> what are the carrots you want to do well, in front of Lockie, me? Lockie, you just said, you just mentioned you worked on a De Niro film. Yeah. So you've met the, the great man? Yeah, I'm, I met him, I didn't. Um, meet him actually when he was out here doing it. I don't have any scenes with him in the film, but I met him years ago in New York. The first film I ever wrote was a movie called Men With Guns. I thought you were going to say first movie you ever wrote, Godfather 4. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is a weird story because this film got produced. Yeah. Got, where did you sell I, it? I sold it to a Canadian company and got paid really well. I was 25 at the time. <laughs> and all my experience... Well, I'd written the film for me to star in and try and get the movie up here. I've been doing a lot of cooperative theatre. That's how most actors start out. And by for people listening, cooperative theatre is basically standing in an empty theatre screaming about socialism at two o'clock <laughs> in the fucking morning. No one gets paid, but exactly. you hook up with a lot of hot chicks. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's good exactly. Fun. And um, standing in an empty room screaming about socialism mm-hmm. is cooperative theatre or nighttime ABC radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you got one, you got the other. Yeah. Anyway, so I written, wrote this script called Men With Guns and I couldn't get it made here. Um, ended up selling it for an astonishing amount of money to a Canadian. How'd they get on to it? Telstra I had the, the, yeah. uh, My lawyer here um, sent the script to a guy who he thought might be able to help put some financing together in the States. He had a, uh, had a coverage done on it, which means a yeah. professional reader reads it and does an assessment of it. And it was actually done at Disney. And this is oh. a hardcore R-rated sort of 
gangster type film. Yeah. But they loved it. They later they passed it on to somebody and then that's how they paid. Did that did that then end up starring Donald Logue? Donald Logue was in it. My 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 enemy. Oh, I call yeah. him because he plays my role in it. Ah, oh. yeah. And Paul Sorvino was who's, in it. Who's Donald Logue? Okay, the, so the Donald Logue, you'll know, you'll look him up, and then you'll go. Oh, oh, you know, I know Gotham, that guy. the TV series Gotham. He plays the other cop. Yeah, uh, he's he's, but the one that I love him from was when I was working at the video store for years and years. It was a great um, independent LA film made. It was Paul Rudd's first or second movie. It was Paul Rudd and Donald Logue called The Size of Watermelons. If you can get hold of it, the movie's not great, but there's three scenes in it which are fantastic between those two, where you go, oh, shit, those guys are going to do something. Right. He's a really good actor, Donald Logue. He's a very, very good actor. Anyway, so... Anyway, but I, but having done theatre, you know, when you get a theatre, when you get a play, that's it. That's locked in. You don't rewrite Shakespeare, you know what I mean? It's no. like, that's it. Yep. Whereas with screenplays, I didn't know this, screenplays are just the first draft of what, then you, you shoot and you improvise on set and then you edit it and it's all different then. So they started fucking around with my script. Okay? Yep. And I was like, you can't do this. And by the way, they were fucking around with it to the point where they were ruining it, which right. is why they flew me over to put the script back together. Oh. Because they'd hired this director who was this little snot-faced shit who I knew was going to get fired. He did. He got fired the first week into production. So we get it. You think it was going well. Yeah. <laughs> but the producer on the film was the ditzy third wife of the boss of the company. Oh. So it was basically something to get the, the yeah. missus... Give her something get, to do. Get her out of the house for a while, yeah. you know. So you work on um, the fourth wife. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, creative... I was 25 years old and I thought... Um, a creative discussion involved shouting. That's what I sort of <laughs> She rang me. She rang me to socialism, say that all yeah. the, the big plot point that I sort of put back in the script, which is that the characters, what unleashes um, them on their adventure, <laughs> it should be something that was an accident. Ah, there was nothing okay. deliberate in it. Right. And it's just so average guys suddenly become gangsters. That's yeah, the premise, right? And she said, "No, we're changing that. And it's all going to be, you know, no, they were, they were set up from the beginning." And I said, you fucking, what are you, out of your mind? You know, this is the whole point of the fucking film. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your kids. <laughs> this, is, this kind of discussion. That plane ticket over. the type of attitude that served me well years later when I played Packer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so literally, bang, I, you know, they had me in this beautiful apartment. I was getting my per diems. Bang, cut off. Literally, oh. one of the production guys came by and said, um, Pack, we're taking you. Oh. To the airport. Wow. And so I said, don't take me to the airport. Take me to the train station. I'm going to New York. Oh. Can I catch the train down in New York? Because <laughs> I had a really good friend in New York. So it was the summer of 96, New York summer of 96. Back in the summer of 96. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Brian Adams song. So I was there, like, yep. bummed around New York for three months. And my friend... Look for Mad Magazine headquarters. Yeah, I, didn't, a little... I didn't make it that far because <laughs> I was told that uh, all the good, all the old new stock had been taken <laughs> by some, some, some sick little fuck and his dad. Um, that was the rumour going around Times Square. Yeah. Big time. time. <laughs> anyway, and so I was bumming her in New York and it was the last day my friend Kate, who I was staying with, she said, is there anything you, you want to do that you haven't done? And I said, well, I, I, apparently Robert De Niro's opened a restaurant. Oh. Okay. And this is in this is the Tribeca yeah, Bar and Grill. Yeah. But, so we get into a cab and say, can you take us to the Tribeca district? And the cab driver didn't even know where it was. It oh. wasn't even on the map at that point. Right. right. So De Niro has built Tribeca, basically. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... It was a Sunday afternoon. It was stinking hot. And we go into this restaurant. It's like a warehouse district. And we go into – we see this restaurant sign. We go in and this is it. And there's Robert De Niro's father's artwork is all over the wall. He's a very famous artist back in the 40s and 50s. And the place is empty. Uh, and there's this little hostess standing at the front 
thing and next to her is just this one little picture on the on the pin board and it's the picture of De Niro and Goodfellas choking Mori with the phone wow. call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it just then little typewritten words underneath it says, if you have any complaints, please do not hesitate to speak with the management. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Right. And so we go we go sit at the bar and we order a Coke and we're sitting there and I say I say to the bartender, so you know, does um does Robert De Niro come in here often? And classic New York bartender is like, oh, he's an asshole, man, you know. Like, <laughs> he doesn't talk to anyone around here. And some woman from France was in here the other day and simply just, you know, wanted to hang around, just get an autograph, and he wouldn't come out of the office to even do that. Wow. He's such an ass. And I'm like, oh, okay. As we're talking, <clears throat> Kate and I are just sitting at the bar talking together, and then this bartender leans back here and he goes, hey, man, it looks like today is your lucky day. Oh. And we turn around. And De Niro is literally as close as I'm sitting next to you, Carl. Yeah, so he's about geez. five feet away. Yep. And he's standing there with Arnon Milchan, the Hollywood producer, who I recognise because he's wearing a Puma tracksuit. Because yeah. Arnon Milchan owns Puma. Oh, okay? oh, wow. <laughs> right? Jesus, and right. then I look out the back and there's like blacked out Range Rovers with security people and wow. everything out the thing. And there's De Niro and he had long sort of greyish hair. He had a moustache. He had big sort of reading glasses on. He was actually getting ready to do Copland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stallone film. The one with Stallone, yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> I'm just staring at him. He's just literally, I'm just staring right Holy at him. Shit. And he like turns around and I know this is just theatre of the mind, people listening, yeah, yeah. theatre of the mind, picture Robert De Niro turning around. Yeah. Moment silence while this happens. <laughs> <laughs> that look. Oh, right. yes. And, Bubble I, and I had my little, my little Kodak Instamatic camera and I said to Kate, look, I'm going to go over and introduce myself. When, when I do, you take a photo, okay? Yeah, and she gets, and Kate goes, fuck you, man. You're on your own. Oh. <laughs> and I go, look, fair enough. This is one of those moments, oh right? Okay, so cool. I get up and he just starts walking towards me and he goes, hey, how you doing? How you doing? What's your name? Oh. What's your name? And he's got tiny little hands. And he actually talks about it in Raging Bull. Oh. He's got yeah, these yeah, little yeah. hands. I got these little hands. And so he's shaking his hands and I'm go, I go, he goes, what's your name? What's your name? And I said, oh, Mr. De Niro, my name's Lockie Hume. I'm an actor from Australia. It's just an incredible honor. A huge fan. Oh, thank you very much. That's good. What are you doing here? I said, I'm doing a film up in Canada, which, you know, you know yeah, what it's right. I've just been thrown off my own film in Canada. Yeah. But uh, with your friend Paul, well, I mean, Paul Sorvino, who plays oh. Paul Ivario, the boss in Goodfellas. Yeah. All right. And he's like, oh, it was good. It's good. And I said, Mr. Nero, I was just wondering, could I have a photo? And he just breaks off. Yeah. And he goes, no, I'd rather not. And he just walks away. Yeah. And he walks off to the manager's office. I'd rather not. And walks. He's so shy. Uh, he's a really shy guy. Right. And Milchin's standing there. I don't speak to him, but he just looks at me and shrugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to do? do? Yeah. <laughs> and I sit back down. The bartender comes back over and he goes, who the fuck are you, man? Who are you? You're somebody. I know you're somebody because uh-huh. you, you, he doesn't talk to anyone in here. I'm going, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Then Kate takes the photo with, the- with me sitting there talking and it looks like I've been hit in the back of the head with a fry pan. <laughs> wow. I'm so stunned that I've met my idol. Him and Pacino, they're the two reasons I went into acting. Yeah. Wow. And I'm just, I'm just stunned. And then suddenly the door opens and he comes back out and he's walking out towards the cars. And I just did what any self-respecting cool dude from Melbourne did. I just gave him that sort of... <laughs> a wink. That. And what's he do? Bananas back around to me. He comes, good to meet you, Lucky. Good to meet you very much. Good, good. Have a great oh. time. Have a great time. Whatever you want. Whatever oh, you want, right? What? And walks off. And I'm just stunned. Now, have you guys seen The King of Comedy? Yeah. yeah. Right. You know how Rupert Pupkin has these fantasy conversations? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. With Jerry Langford, played by Jerry Lewis. I immediately start having a fantasy conversation with as quick as that. Wow. I'm just sitting there going, Well, what do you want to eat? Because you what's, what's, 
<laughs> what's good here? What's good here? What's good here? You know, well, it's all edible. It's all edible. It's all, you know, and I'm having this conversation. As I'm watching him leave, in my mind's eye, I'm talking with him. Wow. It's like this bizarre osmosis. And so that's when I first met De Niro. But you got a double De Niro. You yeah. got the first meeting and then he's doubled back for a second. He came it? back for a second. But when I was doing Killer Elite, because I was never on the so same that, day. So that's, that's behaviour like, like Marabro. That's what you do in Marabro on Friday night. You just do laps. Here's <laughs> yeah. the woman who runs his restaurant, Nobu, in London, is my ex-girlfriend's sister. Right. And I'm still friends with all of them. And so she said, when you go to Melbourne to do this Killer Elite thing, oh, my friend Lockie's in it, so you make sure you catch up with Lockie. Oh. Okay? I never got to see him, yeah. but he booked... At Melbourne Nobu for me, table for two uh-huh. under his name. So that's why I went to Nobu under yeah. his name. Yeah, under yeah, his so just it'll be under Robert De Niro's name. <laughs> so, so you rock man. up to Nobu and go yeah. two and for Robert De Niro, he sent please. Message through the production office to my agent to say you can do that. Yeah. And here's the other thing: my all-time favourite movie is Godfather Part Two. Gary McKendry, who was the director of Killer Elite. I'd out one night boozing with Gary. It was the night De Niro committed to doing the film too. I was out with the director. Wow, we went to the call. And I, we started talking about De Niro films because he was as excited as I am. I was like, oh my God, you got De Niro for a movie. And so when I couldn't come down, I said, De Niro, first of all, sent the invite, come down and have lunch with me at set. Oh. But I couldn't. We were shooting the first season of Offspring at the same time, so I couldn't go down. Oh. But anyway... Doesn't matter. Get him in um, So um, <laughs> Gary McKendry says, Oh, look, Lockie can't, Lockie can't come down. He's an Irish guy. He said, Lockie can't come down here. But t- t- listen, his favourite movie's Godfather Part 2. So tell us a story so we can tell Lockie. And he said, He thought about it for a bit. And then he goes, You know the scene where Vito shoots Don Fanucci where he's got the towel wrapped around the gun the, and the towel catches on fire? Gary goes, Yeah, yeah. And he goes, 40 takes. Took exactly 40 takes to do it. Coppola kept dipping the towels into the little thing of petrol just next to the camera and we do another take until we finally got the shot. So the one you see in the movie, that's the 40th take. That's you can tell him that. Uh, tell, so tell, him, tell him this as well. I thought in Mad Magazine should have been called Cloud Father. <laughs> yeah, should have been. There's fucking guys from Mad... You know, what are you, what are you doing? Fucking... Mm-hmm. It should have been Cloud Father. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It should have been Cloud Father. That's I good stuff. Tell him this 20 times already and I don't fucking listen. So I speak his fuck out of the toilet. Now they're fucking listening. Hey, hey, you got, you've got him started. You've got him started. He'll do the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> well, I'd love to do this all day, but I think we really got to wrap this up. This yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, marathon yeah. session. Uh, yeah, Ed Cavalier, Lockie Hume, thank you so much Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us to the flea pit and um, <laughs> good luck with uh, the rent control guy. Can, can I plug something? Yeah. I've got an offer to make. Uh, the first, I don't know how you guys t- deal with your audience. Do they email you or do they tweet you? What do they oh, do? Oh, man, they fucking ring me. <laughs> but yeah. oh, that's right, your number was given yeah. out. Well, the first Leave little dolls on their front <laughs> step. Yeah. The first three humans to get three people to get involved with you in some way, just give you give an email address. Yep. Then you pass it on to me and I'll send them a voucher so they can watch Border Protection Squad on uh, the iTunes. Oh, oh yeah, nice. Great. Which great. stars... Uh, Lockie, Tommy, I mean, the cast is in. Ryan Shelton. Ryan Shelton. Peter Hellier. Peter Hellier. Ed Cavalier. Yeah, Luke McGregor. Tony Martin. Luke, yeah. Luke McGregor. Tony Martin. Dave Hughes. Yeah, the list. Hughesy. Uh, Josh Lawson. The list goes on and on and on. Well, all people have been on the show, so everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so similar to what we did with Sam Simmons last week, uh, this the post for this episode on Facebook and Twitter, if you share or retweet it on either of them, we'll pick three people at random, we'll send them through to Ed. 
and that's how you can get your copy of Border Protection Squad. Yep, excellent. Yep. So if you're if you're on Facebook or on Twitter, if you just share the picture that we put up with the website link and the picture of all of us together, and uh, do that, it's, it's that easy. Lucky Hume on Offspring. That's coming offspring, back soon. Yes. So get ready give for that. A, give us a scoop. What? Give us a scuse on Offspring. Re- What's return, coming up? Yeah, yeah. Tell me because my I, I told my girlfriend that you were going to be on the show, and yeah. she got very excited. Most women do. Yes. Hey. <laughs> very excited about the future of Offspring. Yeah. Well, we're. About to start, we're, we're halfway through shooting. Right. So we've got a couple more months to go. Um, and you've just got your lips put in. So Kerry <laughs> yeah, Packer my is... My little weird goatee for Offspring. The ghost of Kerry Packer's making an appearance in Offspring. You can't um, say anything, can you? No, I can't really say anything because yeah. A, I don't read the fucking scripts. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, true. And B, I'm really drunk when we shoot yeah. most of it. So, and in fact, when they yell action, I'm normally nodding off. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. suffice to say, Offspring fans, is a lot to look forward to. Yeah. It's oh, going to be a great season. Nina's working at Mad Magazine this year. Oh, Nina's at Mad Magazine. That out there. We've shipped her out of the hospital. We're all co-editing Mad Magazine. <laughs> De Niro cameo for De a bit Niro of a walk on yeah. himself and not just me playing De Niro. <laughs> and, and and coming up, what's offspring going to be called in Mad Magazine? Ooh. Oh, that's you, you answer that. Oh, me, I mean, I right. 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 Os- offspring, offspring, uh, slop spring, uh, offsprung, mm. off, yeah, because that'd be like super duper man. That's lame, yeah, yeah, uh, off. Anyway, guys, I'm off key. <laughs> Do another 45 minutes right now yeah. just on this topic. Off key. Uh, we've got yeah. all our live shows coming up, but you've heard about all the plugs for that at the start of the show. LittleDumdumClub.com. Uh, guys, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Good on you. See, see you, mates.